Welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. Your attention now is directed to Mining Your P's and Q's, a show that studies the sensitive and sometimes treacherous subject of business etiquette. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Today we're discussing body language and its loud silence, some of the things you might be saying without ever saying it, and the importance of all of it. With all the amount of details that are involved with this subject, we did need to take some extra time just to fit it all in. So this is actually part two of a two-part series. You can listen to part one at localjobnetwork.com. Just find the radio tab on the top of your screen, and you can find out where our conversation started and how you got to this point. So if you've already done so, hopefully you can understand where we're picking up our conversation. We are talking with lead image consultant Johanna Duckworth from Creative Images, and she continues to give us her insight on this sensitive and sometimes tricky subject. It's important that you mention a lot of these things because there are plenty of times in our everyday life and in the business setting that, you know, the, the nonverbal cues don't mesh with what somebody's saying. And an example yes. I, you know, put down originally was just, you know, if a manager and a, and a, a worker are talking and, you know, they, the manager says, oh, everything's fine, but their body language doesn't put that, you know, they seem, they seem tense or they seem um, not open to suggestions as an, a coworker, an employee, how do you address those mixed signals and maybe try to get past that? Because you don't want to push them and be like, no, really, what's wrong? I know something's wrong. But you want to find out that why are you acting differently than, than what you're speaking? I guess what's kind of the etiquette behind finally understanding like what's really going on and, and why those mixed signals are happening? You know, uh, interpreting body language is something that can be really challenging. It's actually um, people that are trained professionals. You know, I don't know if you if you pay attention to if anyone pays attention to any of the police shows, you know, and they're in the interrogation room. You have the people behind the glass. That's what they're trained to do. They're trained to watch people's body language to see if they're lying, if they're telling the truth, you know, the whole eye contact. So as a manager um, or owner of a business, it's it's something that, um, you know, we really have to pay attention to. And so if you, if you feel like someone is their body language is saying something opposite than what they're they're actually communicating, then, you know, obviously it's our job as people in leadership to kind of do some further researching to to discover why that's happening. You know, why isn't this person comfortable around me? You know, because that could be uh, the situation where they're not actually lying. They're just something about my presence makes them uncomfortable. Okay. Um, So, you know, really trying to decipher what that is and perhaps the, you know, someone else can, can, um, has a different impact on the person. Right. And so, you know, I think those are the those are the different things that we have to have to look for. But on the employees end, certainly very important that they manage their impressions. I I do a workshop called impression management, and that's really you know kind of helping people to to know that they are in charge of the impression that they give off to other people. Right. You know, when we talk about all this kind of stuff. You, and you touched on it before, it's not only this idea of body language and what messages you're sending that way, but you mentioned personal space. And you know, I've read numerous things about how in the United States especially, we like our personal space. You know, you look at the average distances that people like, and the U.S. is you know, a greater distance than a lot of other countries. In the workplace, other than, say, a handshake, what what do you suggest or, or what, what do you look out for as far as things like, you know, a hand on the shoulder, a hand on the back? Because those can obviously mean 
good things, a welcoming type thing. But some people, like you said, just like, why are you in my space? How do you handle the idea of personal space in the workplace in in the United States culture? Well, I, I think the first thing to think about is it really depends on how well you know the person. Right. You know, if it's a working relationship, you really don't communicate with this person um, much outside of work. I think you certainly have to follow the boundaries of knowing the limitations, not touching people, you know, um, <laughs> because we all know what that brings along. You you know, lawsuits and a number of other things. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even touch on that. We'll leave that to the uh, law experts. Right, but. that's a whole nother show, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, it certainly can communicate different things. And so I think that, it first of all, it's based off of relationship. If you think about relationships that, are, that you have outside of work, well, there's, you know, there's a space that you respect with people that you don't know as well as others. And so I think the same comes into place and even more so in the workplace. And so if you have a closer relationship with someone um, in the workplace and perhaps they're sharing something more emotional with you, mm-hmm. you know, Maybe they're crying. Maybe they're upset. It may be okay at that moment, you know, to put your hand on their shoulder, um, to console them because they lost a loved one. Sure. You know, so I... it, it depends on the situation, but you cannot go into every situation thinking, hey, I'm just this loving, caring person. Let me love on you and work. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hug you, you know, right. because that's not appropriate. Along those same lines, kind of the reverse angle of it now, somebody is in your personal space. They're just whatever. They, they like to stand right over you or the handshake thing where they're, they're really in close tight. How do you politely professionally address that to maybe guide them away from you a little bit or give them the understanding that, you know, I, it's not that I don't like you. I just, I like to have my three feet of personal space. How do you go about doing that? That's a really good question. (laughs) That's Um, why I asked it because we need to know the answers. (laughs) Email them. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. That's good. Well, you know, it's, it really is no easy answer, you know, outside of just really kind of coming out right out and letting the person know, you probably would have to avoid as much as possible those interactive, you know, one-on-one conversations if you feel like they are taking over your space. Otherwise, you know what? Um, My advice would be let them know up front that you're really not comfortable with that. Um, and that really should take care of the situation if you say it once. Because a lot of times, you know, as, as people in the workplace, there's so many things that transpire that we just kind of hold in. Sure. And we walk around feeling super uncomfortable around that person when we really could kind of probably nip it in the bud if we just addressed it. Right, right. No, that's good. I mean, I think you're right. A lot of people are... They're so afraid not to upset somebody or irritate them or get them mad that it makes it worse in the long run. Um, Right. And, of course, you have to use tact as with everything, you know, with with how you communicate that so that they don't feel. Because a lot of times people don't even know that they're doing that. Sure. You know. Definitely. Uh, I want to go back a little bit. to you you touched on earlier. um, Obviously, there may be differences with men and women and the body language. Um, You talked about as far as when they sit and crossing legs. And the reason I bring that up is generally speaking, we talk about body language. We're all, we're all talking about the upper body, the arms, the face, um, shoulders, that kind of thing. Cause that's what we see. Um, what about in terms of the, the etiquette of 
when you're sitting, whether, you know, again, maybe there are, maybe there aren't differences for men and women or, or what kind of setting you're in. Um, obviously, we're talking employment, but you could be at lunch or you could be in your an office meeting. Um, just kind of maybe your, your thoughts and impressions on the legs, uh, uh, probably an undercover part of body language. Okay, sure. Um, well, naturally, since I'm a woman, um, I'll touch on that first. That's probably where where um, my, the most area of expertise lies for, for women. Uh, if you have on skirts, you know, versus pants, obviously mm-hmm. there's different ways that you should sit. And a lot of times women uh, think that crossing their leg at the knee you know, is the best way to sit. And that's not true. You know, if you have on a skirt, um, especially for women, it's crossing at the ankle. Okay. Yes, um, because, you know, when you when you lift up your leg, a lot of times there's other things that you can see if your <laughs> skirt isn't long enough. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, and all you listeners, you can fill in the blanks there. Uh. Yes, yes, yes. It's a morning show, so we won't. <laughs> so, you know, really crossing at the ankles. And that's something that a lot of women don't know. And um, so whether and, and it's and it's OK to do even if you have on pants and crossing across of the leg shows um, a level of confidence, Mm -hmm. I would say. Um, Also, it shows that you're comfortable in your own space. So, and it's it's certainly okay to do, um, but I would certainly make sure that, you know, if you're you're having a meeting with your superior, um, you don't want to get too comfortable. Sure. You know, you don't want to get to lean back in the chair with your with your legs crossed, you know, because then again, it can in some cases um, communicate a lack of overconfidence, mm-hmm. um, and in even some cases conceit. So you don't uh, you don't want to do that. Okay, and now with guys, obviously, and again at at the at the expense or at the risk of being quote unquote real and just what my myself might think or what other guys might think. When guys cross their legs, there's often an idea out there, it, it, even at times looks a little awkward, if they do cross their legs in that overlapping fashion like a woman would. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll see it. I mean, you see it on celebrities, do it you know, on talk shows, whatnot. I had always thought that the way a guy crosses his legs, and maybe it's because it's easier too, is just, you know, an ankle on top of the opposite knee where it almost makes like an L shape. Um, does it matter? Does it portray one thing or the other if you have a leg overlapping versus the way I just described it, kind of, you know, a cross leg on top of the knee? Again, because to me, it just, it looks a little awkward. It, it looks like it doesn't look as comfortable. It's not comfortable for me. And I'm, maybe my legs just aren't as flexible as some other guys. <laughs> but um, it, does it matter? Is there any discussion on that, research, anything like that? Well, you know what? Not that I have found um, at this point. I would say, you know, for, for guys, you know, different from ladies, a guy wouldn't normally cross his leg at the ankle. Um, and I and I think for, for guys, it's, it's a little bit different. It still, I would say, communicates a level of confidence. Okay. You know, when, you, when you're watching television, um, most of the time, you know, someone will, you can see the tenseness in a person, how they're sitting. Sure. But if, if they're comfortable with the interview, they cross their legs, you mm. know. the The gentleman will cross his legs, and the the leg over the knee um, is what is most common in our culture. Sure. So I don't think that you know it's negative. It's the other body language that goes along with that. You know, when you start to lean back in your chair, right. you know, um, 
and and you get more relaxed. You know, your posture isn't isn't as erect. Then then we're starting to communicate some different things. Okay. So it it, it all kind of depends on um, you know the situation, but I think in general um, it is okay. But but then again, it depends on the meeting. If you're meeting someone for the first time, um, your your first meeting with them. Would I recommend crossing your legs in a meeting? Not unless it goes over an hour and a half, you know. <laughs> Otherwise, you're you're showing again, um, you know that that you could be a little bit too comfortable. Sure. Uh, so again, just kind of using that gauge of how well do I really know this person, right. you know, before I start to become more relaxed in my in my appearance. Okay. You know, and along those same lines. With all the talk of body language, when you're talking about in a meeting or in a business transaction, from your experiences, from maybe talking with people, different you know things you've done, researched obviously, how much of body language dictates you know someone's willingness to accept an idea or to complete a business transaction? I mean, I'd imagine maybe there are times where body language ends up ruining everything, no matter how good the message is. And kind of your thoughts on that. Yes, I would say uh, certainly it does communicate to someone, um, you know, the person that is is sending the message. You know, as we know, we're constantly we live in a society where we're constantly gauging people, you know, off of off of uh, their actions. So I think it's extremely important. You know, people make decisions, as I mentioned earlier that it, it really only takes seven seconds, you know, for people to, to make a decision about what they think of you. Right. And, and so in some cases that could be too stuffy, you know, closed minded, not a creative person, mm-hmm. um, a, 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 the laundry list, you know, can continue. So I think that, you know, making sure again that you and I think it's it's up to the person you know if you consider yourself a professional and you are looking to advance not only in the workplace but just evolve as a person it is your responsibility to um, to do your own research mm-hmm. pay attention to other people in the room and how they respond you know and I think that the the more you the more you do that the more you will find your place and it's almost to me, it sounds like it's almost a skill like any other that it is. everyone else focuses on, but it almost overlooked at times. Yes, yes, it very, very true. And it's it's not something that they're going to to teach you in school. Right. They're not going to teach you in college. You know, it's kind of like the, the unwritten rules to success, if you will. Definitely. And that's why, you know, people such as myself, image consultants, you know, we work with people on these kind of the little things that people overlook, as you mentioned. Definitely. As we kind of wrap all this up in a, in a little bit, um, the idea of how much body language affects messages or, um, you know, just in the workplace, various things. I would think at times for managers, supervisors especially, there's a difficult balance in um, what someone's saying versus what they're depicting. How do you try to balance that? Because sometimes, as we talked about, the body language may just be nerves or it may just be they're comfortable sitting a certain way. And it doesn't mean anything. There are times that actually happens. So or maybe they just have bad body language and it's something they need to work on. So how do you balance the idea of, wow, they have great ideas or, um, you know, they're a great worker, but this area is a real negative? What? What's the, I mean, you put a percentage on how important body language is versus the other stuff, or how do you 
go about doing that? Because it is such a unwritten, as you said, kind of an unwritten rules and an open area. You know, if if you are the person's superior, their their supervisor, manager, and you find that they excel in a number of areas and they're, you know, very good at what they do um, on the skill side, but they have this, you know, this challenge with their body language, that's more on the soft skill side. Right. And so, um, you know, recommend that they read a book or bring in an image consultant. You know, because if you if if your job is to help them excel to do the best that they can do, um, I think that it it really then starts to reflect possibly on, you know, the person who they work under. So giving them things to, you know, when when it's evaluation time, mention it then, you know, when you're going over those things with the person, because um, a lot of times, as you mentioned, people really just don't know. They aren't aware that uh, they're communicating that type of behavior. And, you know, I think a lot of times in society, we we fought people instead of helping them, sure. helping them to move past those different challenges that they have to be the best that they could be. So recommending resources for them, having resources in place in the company that can help them do that. And as an employee from, you know, the flip side of the coin, it's extremely important that you take on your own professional development, you know, and there's many articles and and books and a number of different things um, that will help you to kind of improve those things. Sure. But it's your responsibility. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's and that's a great point that you bring up just. To, to take it upon yourself to really improve just another area of your of your personality in terms of work goes. Probably the last thing we'll touch on here is just that a lot of times it, I feel like when you see somebody at work or in a work setting, uh, some of the body language mistakes or miscues or things that happen is because of nerves or maybe they're just too intense at work, whereas at home you might see them in a relaxed setting and you would think they're a different person. Any kind of tips, guidelines, help that you could offer to to help someone really just relax and bring their their home demeanor to work? Because I feel like a lot of times that's where kind of the the breakdown happens because they're almost not themselves when they're at work in some cases. Um, Just kind of your thoughts on being able to help them relax and which will allow maybe their natural body language to to speak louder. You know, I would say work out, you know, go to the gym. A lot of times we have this tension kind of built up in us from the stress of the job that just the day-to-day activity deadlines we have meetings we have things on top of things to do (laughs) things that didn't get done you know um so you need to find an outlet so whether it's you know going to the gym taking a walk taking a breath going to the spa something to really kind of relieve the tension of the job. And a lot of times, you know, it could actually be flipped where people have a stressful home situation. Oh, definitely. You know, and then they sometimes allow that to come into their work environment and people perceive them as being, you know, grouchy or, you know, tense or what have you because of some challenging things going on at work. And sometimes, you know what, people need may need to get some counseling. Sure. They may need to talk about some things to get to let it out, you know, so that they aren't so bottled up with whatever it is that's causing them to be that. And and one of the things that, you know, I tell my clients 
you know, what what is what we see on the outside is really a manifestation of what of what's on the inside. Definitely. So if someone is tense all the time, it's really a reason behind that. You know, so getting to that, figuring that out, and sometimes it takes some help that you aren't able to provide for yourself. Good. Excellent. Excellent uh, advice there, because I think we do focus so much on surface issues and we think that's where it is. But you're right. So much of it starts way before that. Unfortunately, that's going to signal the end of the day for us today here on Minding Your P's and Q's. We want to thank again, Johanna Duckworth, Lead Image Consultant for Creative Images. We appreciate all the knowledge and opinion you brought into us today. Thank you for having me. And a thank you to all the listeners as well. Of course, please check in here again on Minding Your P's and Q's, part of localjobnetwork.com radio. If you do have any comments or suggestions for the show, email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And until we speak again, I'm Tim Muma.